Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Clint. And this is Gordon. Gordon, I don't think outside of recording, I've uh, really gotten to talk to you in the last couple of weeks. How are you doing? Doing all right. I think the last time we, we really talked was with the Exodus group and we mm-hmm. I mentioned like not being able to kind of do ministry. So it was hard at first, but then it, it, I, I don't know. It got, it got better the next week. Talked to like my DRE. We were going to do some of our own work on our own together. And that's been good. Um, since then, there's been some personal hardships that have come up, but I've been okay. Hmm. I'm, yeah. Can't, can't complain. Fair enough. Yeah. I think things have been really, really weird the last week or two. I don't know. Just the social unrest and uh, just like, I think the whole pandemic is starting to come a little close to home in that some of the people in my ministry have been testing positive and stuff. And so now like ministry has become not just like teaching like catechetics or like spreading the gospel. Now it's like, how are we going to minister to these families who are literally have like COVID, you know? So yeah, it's, it's kind of taken a whole new spin on things. I think the, I don't know if I'd even call this a second wave because it's still just the first wave. It never really died off, but I think it's just kind of getting to the point where uh, it's not something that's abstract anymore, at least, at least here. I know in some places it's probably not as bad, but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy, man. Yeah. But the good news, the good hope, uh, one of our patrons, Kenzie, is actually going to be getting married next week, a week from when this comes out. And yeah, so I know we're super early for shout outs, but I want to give him a shout out. I'm super excited to be able to celebrate with them. It's going to be awesome. So shout out to Kenzie. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. That's really, really exciting. So in the meantime, what have you been uh, taking in media wise? Really, the main things would be I've been catching in passing. Lizzie kind of started the Netflix show Shit's Creek. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And S- spelt differently. With yeah, yeah, yeah. Like S C H, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And I mean, it's definitely a show I don't mind like really not keeping up with and watching with her, but uh, it's also one that if it's like on and I got nothing else, I will watch and like enjoy. It's it's lighthearted and silly. I you'll like this. I recently started, and I think I just finished the first season from the. I've never seen it through and through. I've only seen like maybe a handful of episodes, five maybe. But I started from the beginning. Uh, Community. Yes. Okay. And and I, thoughts. It's great. I mean, I've I've I highly enjoy it. I had no idea. I didn't know Dan Harmon created that show. Right. Oh my gosh! It's the same it's guy, so, Rick so and Morty. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot more sense. Like knowing the, some of the things of that show with D and D references and all that, but also like Abed's character and how they overtly just like put in stereotypical storyline plots. It gets even more obvious as the show goes on. So. Yeah. And they state it. It's like no different than what they do in Rick and Morty. So it's, yeah, it makes so much sense. So I've, I've been, enjoying it it's really easy to watch so i like that and then lastly we haven't gotten far but uh just just came back on 
Netflix and I watched it a long time ago and I wanted Lizzie to get into it. So we started watching uh, Hannibal. Oh, I, I saw that. Is that about Hannibal Lecter? Yeah, it was a TV series, which I've avoided for the longest time because I think it was like one of the first things that I knew that actor from. He's from like Doctor Strange and a few other things now. I didn't like that actor. So I avoided watching it for the longest time because I love Hannibal Lecter. Like I've I've seen all the movies uh, involve Hannibal and I just didn't think it was going to be good. But my friend from Georgia, her name's Liz. She watched it and loved it and said I would. And I watched it and it's phenomenal. Sadly, it never got rebooted after the third season. And so, and they were like, they definitely built it up for a fourth season. So it doesn't really like, if you don't like an, a, a show that ends on kind of a cliffhanger, it does do that, but it is very good. Very dark themes, lots of death and sure. vivid imagery. So be aware of that going into it, but definitely makes eating people look delicious. <laughs> what? I was just going to say, uh, watching anything about Hannibal Lecter, I mean, you know, it's going to be, I did not expect people seeming delicious uh, well it he's like a master chef and home and he has like every cookware and so they show like the process of like cooking and cutting and and they don't overtly show that it's people so it just looks like he's cooking meat and it looks like yummy that's messed up i know it is but also i mean i guess that's kind of the point Mm -hmm. that's like uh oh what's the the musical about the barber Uh, johnny depp played sweeney todd sweeney todd thank you yeah yeah with the meat pies. Mm-hmm. Yep. What about Nasty. you though? That's, that's about it. Yeah. So I've obviously been not, not on the podcast for a couple of weeks. So I have a ton of stuff that I've been taking in. But a while back, I guess a couple weeks ago, I was really stuck on a Elton John kick for some reason. So I was just like listening to every Elton John song on repeat. And I think it comes back to the fact that I had checked out this audiobook called Me. It's the autobiography written by Elton John. And it was like, I have it on this this like library app called Libby. And so it took six months for me to finally get it. So I was like super excited. And I listened to it and it was read by Taron Egerton or Egerton, however you pronounce it. Yeah. But he's the guy that plays Elton John in Rocket, in Man. Rocket, Rocket Man. Yeah. And then he also plays the gorilla in sing and he he sings elton john songs in there Uh, but he's he's phenomenal fantastic singer and so he was reading this autobiography and it was just really really interesting um so i was really into elton john for a while and i was listening to his music like crazy and then you'll appreciate this i finally went back and watched onward and it was great yeah i wasn't it so good I i really enjoyed it yeah Kind of wished it was longer. Yeah, that's like fair. It was short. That's fair. Um, I don't know if it actually was short. I didn't look at how long it was. And I just got to the end. And I was like, okay, I, I want more. Like, <laughs> uh, keep going. Um, but no, I, I thought it was really, really good. I enjoyed it. Definitely would watch again. And I know there's a ton of people who were like telling me to, to check it out. Um, yeah. And then a couple of days ago was my birthday. And so to celebrate, like all geeks do, I came home and watched the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring uh, extended edition. So that was phenomenal. I realized as much as I'm a like Lord of the Rings nerd and I just love that stuff, I haven't watched the movies in a while. So I was, I was due. 
So I'm probably going to be binging them, which means there will probably be a Lord of the Rings or Tolkien episode coming up <laughs> in, in the near future. Cross your fingers. If you know uh, Caitlin from Tea with Tolkien, please reach out to her, convince her to come on the show. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I got some other stuff, but I'll, I'll save that uh, for the future because there's just a lot of stuff I've been taking in. So. Well, I'm going to add here because I'll probably just forget in the future, but you just reminded me that since me and Lizzie, since like we recorded with Steve, we ended a whole bunch of shows. And before we really started the shows I just mentioned, mm-hmm. we, we got into like more of a movie kick, okay. um, which I actually realized during that time I prefer. Like I really just want to do a time more like maybe a year or something where I'm not watching TV shows. I'm just watching movies because it's just more enjoyable. But we watched Rocket Man, actually. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was not, not at first. It was not at all what we what we expected. Okay, but you have to remember that like Elton John like helped like produce it, and so it's it seems more like a musical. Um, mm-hmm. Which than it, it than is, it, yeah. So, but it's like a musical like biography of his life. So it's really interesting, and it's through one perspective. So yeah, keep that in mind too. But yeah, we did enjoy it. It's it's pretty sad. Um, it's pretty good. And then we also watched Hunt for the Wilder People, which is. Um, one of Taika Waititi's first directed and written movies. I think oh, okay. after uh, what we do in the shadows, but yeah, I, I pretty sure I've heard that somewhere, but that makes sense. Cause a while where I was like researching Taika Waititi, cause I was obsessed oh, after right. After you talked about him so much, I was like, I know I've heard that name, but I've definitely not seen it. It's really good. And then we also watched, it's called beautiful boy came out last okay. year and it's with Steve Carell. And then I can't think of the other kid's name, but it's about, uh, it's a based off a book, but it's about a dad who's pretty much struggles with his son's drug addiction. Oh, wow. And it's, it's, it's just very surreal and it's very, very beautifully written, but it's very hard to watch. Hmm. And then lastly, we watched Hail Caesar. Oh, the, it's a, that's like a musical too, right? No, it's uh, the Coen brothers. Um, so they did like the Big Lebowski and a bunch of other different movies. And it's with George Clooney and they're making like the movie Hail Caesar and he's the guy playing Caesar. And but he, it's in like Hollywood, right? Yeah. And he, okay, and yeah. he gets kidnapped. And, uh, it's heavily, heavily religious content in that movie. But and it's also political, one that I would need. Too. Yeah, very political. It's also one that I would need to either rewatch or just read up on because I don't think I really understood it all. But it was good. It was fun. Yeah. I feel like, wasn't there music in there? Maybe there's just a couple of scenes or something. I don't remember. There uh, but is. That is right. Because Channing Tatum has like a full on musical number. Yeah, that's that what means. it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Which was I've, phenomenal. Yeah. I've, I've seen it once. I remember just being like, wow, this is really weird. And that's basically it. And I just never watched it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was good though. I watched it because Chris liked it. And I think it's like Austin's like favorite Coen Brothers movie. So yeah, cool. Shout I don't out know. Austin. Actually, that, that reminds me because, <laughs> sorry, we're just gonna keep going back and forth on current media. But I actually watched a different movie too that I wanted to bring up. But The Never Ending Story? It was like oh, from the from the eighties. Yeah. I'd never seen it. Really, really, Chris and it's like loves that movie. Does he? Yeah, yeah. No idea. Um, but I've been like wanting to see it so badly ever since. Um, 
brought up in Stranger Things in this mm-hmm. last season. Yes. Um, and yeah, and I just haven't been able to find it. And all of a sudden, I, I was able to to get a hold of it. And yeah, it was awesome. Big fan. Obviously, it's like 80s quality. But uh, this the song came on, the theme song. Yep. And I was just like, I lost it. Uh, this is it? Yeah. It, it was phenomenal. So uh, that's actually all I have, though. Okay. Otherwise, what we'll be touching on today is something that I didn't just recently intake and it's kind of just completely random. It was, it was more of like, cause you'll, when this comes out, you'll be out of town. Is that correct? Yeah. I will be uh, going to Kenzie's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So we obviously needed to record and I didn't really have anything planned and was, it was really first grabbing kind of like looking at what was recommended and then just looking at songs that I've been like of, some of my favorite bands and being like, I've never really touched on songs from my favorite bands, but like really couldn't find lyrics that I liked. And then stumbled into this playlist that me and another missionary from Ohio had created about a year, two years ago after like a tragic loss within a door. And, and I picked these three songs that are in there to kind of, it's, I just thought it was interesting. So in a, in a small weird way, I'm not going to say I really prayed about this, but in a small weird way, it kind of, was like through a minor discernment of looking at these songs. I was like, oh yeah, this, this makes sense. But I was just thinking that from last week's episode, talking about loneliness with, with letting Steve just vent out what, what loneliness means and how, how we can find Christ in that. And just in this time where like some parts of the world are back to normal, some parts of the world are still in quarantine. Some of us are starting to kind of go back to work. And I was talking to someone this morning on the phone who was like, yeah, I just feel like in a few weeks or a month from now, we're all going to be like, how did I get so busy? Mm-hmm. And then even with what you, you, know, you were saying, we were asking how each other were, like with what's going, been going on lately with just like the pro-life like movements and the marches. And it's just like, there's been so much like loss and, and mental struggle and, uh, I think Steve mentioned it last time with loneliness during this quarantine, the spike in like um, mental health and all those things that two of these songs kind of talk about that struggle. And then the last song kind of is kind of like God's response or our response to our brothers and sisters during this time. So that's the goal. At least we'll see how that goes. (laughs) So the first song is called the only thing by Savon Stevens. Savon Stevens does not sing Christian music, but he is Christian. He definitely believes in Jesus. And it's kind of the most that I know about him in that way. I know his music because it's great, but his music is one that like (laughs) when you're in high school, if you listen to a bunch of Savon Steven songs, you just be sad. So this song is a song he wrote after he lost his mother. And so he's kind of struggling with, with that. Before we begin with this song, if mental health or themes of like suicidal tendencies are like difficult for you to listen to. This is probably the only song that I would give a fair warning to just because he, he's talking about that. That's like the struggle conversation he's going on with his head. So, okay. Put a pause there. If you need to stop, fast forward to the next song if you'd like. And so we'll just go through it step by step and see what we got. So the first verse, it says the only thing that keeps me from driving this car half light jackknife into the Canyon at night Signs and wonders, Perseus aligned with the skull, slain Medusa, 
Pegasus light from us all. And I'm I'm laughing because I just reading that out loud and then being like, okay, Clint, what do you think? Hold on, I was muted. Uh, I oh my gosh, um, I can run with it if I already. Yeah, so I've already done some research. It's just that's just why I was laughing because it's like heavy poetry, and then you're like, okay, what's your analysis on all that gibberish? Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously like yeah the theme of darkness and stuff but uh, i'm trying to remember perseus i don't remember perseus's story uh which is bad on me but uh i only know it because lyric genius and reading <laughs> reading this earlier because this is the toughest one but he's the one that killed medusa and oh, from okay. from sl- cutting off her head uh pegasus was born from her neck from the blood of medusa um, oh wow. and arose to the heavens Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, other than a very heavy theme of death. Yeah. Wow. This is dark right from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't really have much other than you have a very heavy theme of darkness and death right from the yeah. beginning. So yeah, for me, what I get from this is what you're saying, a theme of death, but also a theme of struggling to live really. So the first two lines is saying like the only thing keeping me from like crashing this car well, you know, one of the only things is signs and wonders, which is something from scripture. You know, Jesus came, God came, and there were so many times people asked for Jesus when he was around to show them signs and wonders to a point where he said, you guys won't get any more signs and wonders. But he's saying signs and wonders are what keep me going. And this sign and wonder is he's talking about this Greek mythology, but he's looking at constellations in the sky. And there was a constellation of Perseus who's shown with Medusa's head and Pegasus. So it's like, the beauty of the night sky and the beauty of the world keeps him here. But then the mm-hmm. other thing too that I thought of is like, and this is a bit of a stretch, but it's what we do from death. So like death of Medusa and the blood of her brought forth new life, which was Pegasus that came forth and rose to the heavens. So even though Greek mythology is not what we believe in, there's this weird or not weird coincidental, simple, simple similar story of death blood, new life, a rising to heaven. Yeah, I, I don't even know if we would call that uh, coincidental though, because I mean, w- I don't know if you've heard like the argument of Christ is just uh, another yes. uh, variation off of like Egyptian mythology or Greek yeah, mythology. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Zeitgeist. Exactly. But the the counter to that, all of those things were a, a foreshadowing, a preparation for the Christ. Whereas like we read things like the Mark written to Roman gen- there's certain language used in there to help them understand Christ that is very Roman minded, right? And so they understand who Christ is better through the lens of their Roman mythology. Same thing in like Acts 17 with Paul at the Areopagus, right? He uses the Greek mythology to better understand Christology. And so there, I think there is something to do with these different aspects of mythology. And I actually had it in our uh, to-do notes, hopefully to someday do a mythology episode. I think that'd be really cool. That would be really uh, cool. But to show like, even before Christ, like even then the culture was shaped to point us to who he was. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if I'd even call it a coincidence. Cause I, I think even then, it was all supposed to be pointed to to who he is. Yeah. And so 
the repeat repeating story in this song is pretty much this thought of sitting on death and the thought of choosing to to move on to take that step that we've talked about in this podcast before and to live and what keeps him living is god is faith whether that's faith in the beauty of the world we've talked about that's a way you can pray or faith in just like actually actual having like prayer in god so moving on it goes into the first course and the chorus says do i care if i survive this bury the dead where they're fa- where they're found in a veil of great surprises i wonder did you love me at all and so very simple he's once again questioning like if he cares whether to keep living and then he quotes scripture straight point uh bury, bury the dead where they're found is from luke 9 uh, where jesus says let the dead bury the dead and so he's struggling with that idea because he just buried his mother and so he's like uh, we're supposed to kind of move on and be okay with that and trust in god but he's struggling with that and so in this veil of great surprises which he says more than once he keeps talking about his veil and, and this veil for him is like this mystery of what happens now so mm-hmm. this veil of, of this of mystery he, he starts to question his mom's love and and I, I think this happens quite often in like i said the reason i wanted to touch on these topics is because of where where we are i feel like in a state in the world it's it's so easy when when we're grieving or when we're frustrated or feeling anything but like joy or happiness to just start thinking the worst to mm-hmm. think the people we know clearly love us or even god himself doesn't or to think that people we know are virtuous people we just start to see like the worst in them or in ourselves and that's what's happening here but do you have anything else on that uh i think you hit it pretty well but one thing i guess i'll say going along with that is this reminds me of like uh the children of divorce Mm. where in the suffering and the pain of the divorce itself a lot of the times and i don't know if you experienced this i was already in in college when my parents divorced but even then uh i can't deny that like these thoughts came across my mind it's like uh if you like if you don't love my parent right and i am a reflection of my parent in some ways a lot of the times children in divorce will kind of take that on themselves and say did you not love me and kind of like bring that on themselves so even in that suffering we we see like immediately we go to these maybe ridiculous thoughts of just immediately thinking is this my fault? Do you, did you ever even love me? Um, yeah. Am I, am I worthy? Stuff like that. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Then going into verse two, which is going to be very similar to verse one. The only thing that keeps me from cutting my arm, crosshatch, warm bath, holiday, and after dark, signs and wonders, water stain writing the wall, Daniel's message, blood of the moon on us all. Um, okay. Yeah. It gets, it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> so that was what well, the warning was mostly from earlier, but he's once again questioning, like the only thing keeping him from taking my own life is signs and wonders. And he, then he starts talking about water stain, writing the wall and Daniel's message. And I'm not amateur theologian of our group, nor do I know biblical history that well, but thankfully, thankfully people on Lyric, Lyric Genius, once again, saved us here. So Daniel's message they said possibly could be about, because this is not Savon Stevens actually saying this is what he wrote, but possibly could be about 
from the Old Testament, where in Daniel chapter five, there's a like a hand that writes on the wall of a message that Daniel interprets, and the interpretation is that of God giving the numbers, numbering the days of the kingdom, uh, foreshadowing the end of that kingdom, and then blood and moon um, is also like this Christian reference of like the end times, and so all I can take away from this is once again he's just. There's a term that Clint and I use when we check in on each other in an app that we use called like, what is it? Rumination. Mm -hmm. Rumination. And that's what he's doing is like, he's not only like questioning living, but he's just ruminating in this idea of death. And it's one of those things where like, when you're stuck in that negativity, you're like, oh, we're all going to die one day. And that's all you're focused on is like everyone's expiration date. And that's where he's at. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just looked up this, uh, this verse that I was talking about and it says the inscription that was written out is mene, mene, tekel, ufars. I don't speak Hebrew, but close enough. Uh, and so this is the interpretation of the message. Mene, meaning God has numbered your kingdom and put an end to it. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found deficient. And Paris, your kingdom has been divided and given over to the Medes and the Persians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's all about like, first, God says your kingdom's coming to an end. Then you have been weighed and you are not good enough. And then your kingdom will soon be divided and conquered. So yeah, it's very much like it's coming to an end. Right. Everything that you know is, is done. Yeah, but then... I mean, this is one of those things where it comes down to perspective. Like that is in, in those shoes, it looks unpromising and looks like the end. But what we know now, the kingdom had to end for Jesus to come in and create a whole new kingdom. Um, right. And so, yeah, sometimes it's just a matter of perspective or just faith in God. So we're going to mm-hmm. second chorus where it says, do I care if I despise this? Nothing else matters. I know. In a veil of great disguises, how do I live with your ghost? Do you have anything on that? Yeah, just noticing from the first chorus is in a veil of great surprises. I wonder, did you love me at all? And now this one's it's in a veil of great disguises. How do I live with your ghost? It might take me a second to think of something there, but uh, it seems like a pretty clear contrast of like surprise to disguise. And then uh, now seeing his mother as, as a ghost, um, and I don't know, does that mean she's like haunting him? Um, mm-hmm. Or is it just a reference to her being dead? Um, I'm not sure. So maybe you know more about it, but that's just the first thing I noticed. No, I don't think it really touches on that too much. I think both for sure. I think it is, he's touching on her death as well as her death does haunt her. So I think that's where the, where the ghost, as far as surprises and disguises, I, I would just say surprises would probably be um, her death came as a surprise. And in, the, in that veil is now he's, he's stuck with this rumination of negative thoughts. Right. I don't know what disguises kind of means. Maybe, maybe we can come back to that. Maybe not. Okay. Um, and then it comes into a bridge. And this, if you're listening to the song, seems more like the chorus, but it's not. But it says, should I tear my eyes out now? Everything I see returns to you somehow. Should I tear my heart out now? Everything I feel returns to you somehow. I want to save you from your sorrow. Holy cow. Yeah. So the thing that, that kind of comes to me with this is the everything I see, everything I feel returns to you. Obviously, that can be a pretty clear reference to like our our innate call and our innate drive to connect with God. Um, 
I think I was just reading that in the catechism today, actually, um, but about how like we are in our very being made to, to desire him. I mean, that's the whole point of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Should I tear my eyes out now? Uh, should I tear my heart out now? Uh, and so it's, it seems like he doesn't want to like accept, accept his like desire to return. Um, but otherwise is this like, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out kind of thing. Uh, is this like a desire to return to God? And so he is like, should my eyes causing me to sin? Should I get rid of it? Should I do that so that I can return to you? Uh, so maybe that's part of it. But yeah, it, it definitely seems like whether he likes it or not, there's some kind of desire to return to, um, to be with his mother. But also I think it has to do with our relationship with God too. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I, Totally agree. And I think this, the bridge really, I think is the brilliance of this song because of what you said about the the passage of like, if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. And I think the first line, should I tear my eyes out now? Is that, is his eyes right now, which seem to keep returning to her. He keeps seeing this ghost and all these things. His eyes are causing him to desire death. Mm, he wants to end okay. it and so he's like because of that because i my mind is going there should i tear my eyes out to avoid that but should i tear my heart out now that's where the ache is so this is the opposite and this is should i just numb myself from this pain and that's where vices come in because mm. everything he feels returns to her or returns to god but also the same i took it the same way where that's also something that happens to us in 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 our faith lives so everything we do our eyes and our heart and the way we feel should return ourselves to God. And the last line I think is interesting because I know he's saying it about his mother, but it also seems like God would be saying it simultaneously to him. Like God's like, I want to save you from your sorrow. And one thing I probably wouldn't have pieced together is the next verse is the third verse. And it's one of the first verses that doesn't really have like the heavy death theme. uh, theme. It does, but it, it doesn't say like, this is what I'm going can keep me from this. It's rather than like, this is why I keep going. Um, mm, okay. And this verse is sung with two voices. And so it's like right after we have this line where it says, I want to save you from this sorrow. And that could be either him or God speaking. It's now there's two voices speaking together in this third verse. And it's okay. like, is that him and his mother? Or is that a representation that like he's not alone and God is with him in this grief? Or both because musicians do that. Right. So the only reason why I continue it all Faith and reason, I wasted my life playing dumb. Signs and wonders, sea lion caves in the dark, blind faith, God's grace, nothing else left to impart. Hmm. So, oh, you got something? Yeah, I'm kind of taking a look at some of these notes here. It says it's a reference to Flannery O'Connor, which is interesting because she's a very, very dark uh, Catholic novelist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says the quote is the love of God is the business of reason, not, not emotion. Yeah. Um, I think this is interesting. Uh, again, it, you see it paralleling the other verses with some of the language. The only reason why I continue at all the signs and wonders. Um, but this time it seems to be focused more on, um, I, I guess a more, like you said, a little bit more hopeful. Um, but it's talking about faith and reason, which at the bottom, and then it says blind faith. Uh, which is interesting because it seems kind of contradictory. I know faith and reason, a lot of the times people think that 
faith in itself is illogical, which is not true. Faith is, it's, it's a, a gift, right? It doesn't mean you can't like logic through something. You can't understand something, but it's also I'm trying to think of a good example. Okay. Uh, how, how about this? So like we, I don't know. I have, I have faith in you that you're going to get something done because I, I know you, like I've worked with you, right? And so I have this faith. That's something I can observe through like scientific means, right? You, over the last, how long have we known each other? Three years, I guess. Like I've, I've seen you, I've seen the way you act. Um, and so I can have faith that you will be a certain way in the future. That doesn't mean that there's no reason for me to assume that, but there's also no way for me to 100% know what you're going to do. And so there's this gift of, faith. Um, and that's not the exact same thing as faith in God, obviously, but I think hopefully that's a helpful understanding of the idea of faith and reason being together, which is why I'm a little confused as to why he immediately then talks about blind faith two lines later, but he also talks about God's grace. So it, it does make sense, right? I just said faith is a gift from God. God's grace literally is a gift of himself. Um, so, so that makes a lot of sense there too. And then it says nothing else left to impart. Like there's nothing more to give once you've received the grace of, of God. Um, so that's kind of my interpretation. Help me out because I'm confused. No, I think, I think you, you pretty much hit it on the head. I think the, that's it's even more concerning. No, I think the, it's supposed to contrast because those are two different things. And I think that's why I said he wasted his life playing dumb because I think what he means by that is he now understands faith and reason because that line comes right after why he continues at all. Like now it's, it's easier to continue when you have faith in reason, like faith, faith in truth or faith in science, kind of like all coincide. And he wastes his life putting more of his faith in emotion, which is part partially what's causing his, his struggle. And it's like, and it's, and the cool thing about the song is it's not like he, he's actually going to do anything. He's just venting. He's having this conversation of like, there's two doors there's two choices right now and he knows he wants to keep going on but he's also struggling to do that and so blind faith right now he said he says that line in the end i think because there is a point where you do sort of have to have blind faith in the sense that like he just lost his mother how can he go on what's the next step he might not really get a clear answer he not might not really get some kind of relieving or like like amazing like wondrous sign from god he has to just kind of keep going in that pain like we were like we like we mentioned earlier with daniel's message like daniel didn't get to see the the coming of the new kingdom from the loss of kingdom so he but he had kind of blind faith in that but but in the end there is faith and reason within that blind faith does that make sense that does make sense and then it kind of closes out with like one last chorus and outro where he's saying the same thing do i care if i survive this Bury the dead where they found in a veil of great surprises. Hold to, hold to my head until I drown. Should I tear my eyes out now before I see too much? Should I tear my arms out now? I want to feel your touch. And then the outro is, should I tear my eyes out now? Everything I see returns to you somehow. Should I tear my heart out now? Everything I feel returns to you somehow. And so I think this is more of just like a summary of the song. And like I said, kind of a, a encapsulation of, he's struggling between two things just in this loss and should he, should he choose the better and tear his eyes out, which are trying to keep like, or wanting him to do something bad in this moment where he should tear his arms out 
which would be probably like death in order to be with his mother and feel her touch again. And that's mm-hmm. just, a, uh, like I said, he's not really making a choice. You actually can do one or the other. He's just, it's similar to, I'm sure any state we've all been in where we're, we're like, what do I do? I know there's a bad thing I can do and a good thing I can do. What do I do? Yeah. And I, I think to me looking at this, it still reminds me of what we were talking about before with the tearing the eyes out, tearing the heart out, tearing the arms out, where if, if this is what he's seeing as like leading him to sin, like you mentioned, leading him to those like dark thoughts and the, the temptation to take his own life and stuff like that. Um, and he's saying, cause it, I don't know if you want me to spoil this, but in the next line or two lines later in the, the outro, everything I see returns to you. So again, it's coming back to like, it's returning to you, whether that you is his mother, who I would assume he's uh, thinking is in heaven or God, either way, he's like desiring to go to, to heaven. Yes. Um, And so this like desired or like question, do I, do I need to tear these out now? Like, do do I need to get rid of my eyes? Do I need to get rid of my heart, my arms? Like, what do I need to get rid of to be with you? Right. And so that's kind of like, what I'm, what I'm seeing here. Yeah, I agree. If, if it's okay, I'd love to tie back into those signs and wonders real quick. Go ahead. Uh, and how he keeps going back to that in each verse. So the first ones were what you're saying with the, uh, like the stars in the sky um, and the wonders of, of that. The second one is a little bit different. That's where we have the message and it's like the idea of the apocalypse. So we have the beauty of, of space and nature. And then the, I, I think the second one is kind of like this fear of the end is what it seems like to me. Uh, Cause the message being apocalyptic. Um, right. And then in the third verse, it's sea lion caves in the dark. That, this one was like kind of weird to me. So I, I looked at what the recommendations for the lyrics were and it's a reference apparently to like these caves in Oregon where people go to just like look at sea lions and it's like this whole tourist attraction. Um, but it's like with all of this like wasted life that he sees himself living in, in verse three, um, what he's saying is worth it. What him a lot are these signs and wonders, this beauty of nature that he's been able to observe uh, within God's creation. Um, so I think we see the things that are keeping him alive are the heavens, right? This, the stars, the beauty of, of that, maybe something more powerful beyond that, the fear of what is to come and the beauty of what is here. Um, and so I, I, think, I think that's kind of interesting too, kind of thinking into his, his psyche there. No, I, I, I love those parts too. Cause I mean, how often does that actually happen where you're having a terrible day and you just go into the woods or on a walk and then you come back and you're just like, man, I just needed that. Yeah, I did that the other day. I went yeah. for a walk at a park. It was amazing. So that takes us into the next song, which is going to be very similar, like the struggle of life and it's hard. But this is almost like a back and forth conversation between that person who's struggling and, and God also speaking. So this is Not Done With You Yet by The Classic Crime, another band who has lots of uh, Christian themes in their songs, but are not like overtly Christian or wouldn't be considered like a Christian band. So mm-hmm. verse one says, life, life can be senseless. I try to make sense of it, flashing fake smiles at my friends 
beats defenselessness. I cannot clean up, clean up the mess without making more. It's time to settle the score. And I'll just keep going for a second. It says, I, can, I can't be charming if you can't be charmed. If you gave me everything I want, I will disarm. You are the only one who can stop me from giving up and just my luck. And then it kind of jumps into the chorus where it says, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not done with you yet. So I feel like the first verse and that chorus kind of sets this, sets it up, but it really starts to make more sense the further we go into it. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything just from that setup? Yeah, just I guess a couple of things. Just the life can be senseless, followed by flashing fake smiles at my friends. Um, just, just kind of really looking at how fake some stuff can be. And then he feels like he's just messing things up, it looks like. And if you give me everything I want, I will disarm. Um, I don't know if that's talking about like disarming himself and like letting his guard down, or if he gets everything he wants and he will like just disarm her or God or whoever he's referencing, you know, Uh, like if you give me everything I want, well then. uh, So I I don't know if this is like a use thing when he says, I'm not done with you yet, or like, I need you kind of thing. So uh, I'm assuming that'll be explained in the next verse, but that's my thought so far. Yeah. I think, I think with the setup, it is more of a, you know, he seems like a cool guy. He seems very charming, like very charismatic, but, but he's kind of opening up and saying like, that's kind of fake. I mean, if you think that going into things, then yes, I am very charismatic. And if you give me everything I want, then I'm, I'm disarmed. I can disarm you, but that's really not, I'm not like that gifted and, and charisma. Okay. I think that's kind of the kind of setup. And then verse two breaks that open a lot more where it says, you always have the fall before the lift, whether you drink to remember or drink to forget what you did. I am the closest thing to a modern day poet fraud, but I met God in a velvet Elvis painting that I painted myself in a bar where I was pulling off the bottom shelf when I had to quit before I killed myself. I met him there and I was scared. And so I asked God if he could fix my flaws. And he said, I gave them to you. I know they are killing you, but I'm not done with you yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, so this one seems to be really talking about how these struggles and the suffering, like God makes good come from those. And that's where like virtue is built and where we, we grow. From the very first line, you always have the fall before the lift, mm-hmm. right? So you have to fall before you can get up. Yeah, uh, just kind of looking through some of the lyrics here. Uh, the, in a, a bar where I was pulling off the bottom shelf, um, I guess that's kind of like a way of saying rock bottom because if you're drinking off the bottom shelf, uh, you're probably drinking the cheap stuff to try and get just completely plastered. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like he's in a pretty dark spot here Uh, and I had to quit before I killed myself is what it says. Yeah. Um, And it says, that's where I met him and I was scared. And so I asked God if he could fix my flaws and he says, I gave them to you and I know they're killing you, but I'm not done with you yet. And so this idea of like, he's completely broken. That's where he encounters God and he's afraid. And he says, can you fix me? And he basically says, I, I am. Right. And these are here for a reason. Yeah. Which wow. I know it's not in the song, but just hearing you say <laughs> that God like appeared and simply just said, I am. Oh, uh, like gave me kind of like I didn't chills. even mean that like that. Like, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. "Hey God, can you fix my flaws?" And God's just like, "I am." Oh, jeez. Like, yeah. 
but yes, that's you hit it on the head. He he feels like a fraud. He feels like he's in a band, but he's just kind of like drinking and making up songs that sound cool. Like once again, like all these things that people on the outside thinks he's they're a cool band, but he's like, no, I just feel like a fake. And yeah. then when he's at rock bottom, he meets God and God tells him like, I'm working on you. I'm not done yet. Have you ever had this though, where like, I don't know who told me this, but I don't know. Like we, we all have these things like we want God to fix. Right. And we're just like, God, if you could just fix this one thing for me, then like, we'll be fine. Right. Like everything will be good. Like I'll be so much more virtuous and so much better. Maybe that's like just me, but I feel like it's not, but I can't remember who I think I was in college one time, but uh, they're just like, maybe God's like allowing you to like stay in that, that vice because you, uh, I don't know how to say this. I know, it's I know not, you're about to, I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to like not say it incorrectly because not that you need like, it, but that it's an opportunity for you to grow, you know, like it's an opportunity for you humble. Yeah. And that's part of it too. Right. Cause I think, I don't know, say like we have whatever that one sin or that one flaw is, if that thing's fixed, all of a sudden we think, okay, we don't need God anymore. And right. so he allows us to sit in this until we've built the virtue to understand who we are and who he is and that we are dependent on him uh, and in that relationship where, where we, we treasure it and not see us as replacing God uh, with once our imperfections are magically fixed, right? Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not sure where else I was going with that, but... <laughs> Well, just the, the struggle that he's having of like, I want this fixed. And God's like, I'm, I'm working on it. Like, this is part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So verse three is essentially kind of the same thing. And so it says, oh, I can be a wreck with my friends to act impressive. I can drink too much and then curse away the sadness, ranting like a tunic, lunatic walking with a bottle of wine. And I'm not fine because I spent 10 years on the road. That made me different. I created new patterns of the thought, got a new perspective. I was just an immigrant son of a silenced preacher's wife, but black and white both died. So I asked God if he could fix my heart. He said, I gave it to you and I know it's broken in two, but I'm not done with you yet. Yeah. said this seems pretty connected to uh, the verse before, but just seems to be really connecting specifically to his story. Right. Um, Which I, I don't know his story. It seems kind of interesting. Uh, You said he was Christian. Um, <clears throat> but it looks like he's a preacher's son. So that makes things kind of interesting too. Yeah. And it seemed like it wasn't a healthy relationship based on his wording too. Yeah. For so sure. it was that as well as him being on the road for 10 years. It seems like either as a kid, I don't know, or touring. With touring yeah. So all those things where his heart has been broken. And I think that line is actually even more important uh, for us because just as broken people of the fall you know we can say god can you fix this and he says you know not only has he with his death on the cross but he's saying yes i gave you your life and i know it's broken into but i'm not done with you yet yeah we're still working through this Um, yeah and that that leads into well sorry to jump ahead but i just saw the bridge and i I go ahead transition you can say it yeah so the bridge says i once met god in an apartment floor and said i give it to you i've got nothing more and then God says, and I'm not done with you yet. Or no, he says, I'm not done with you yet. Um, yeah. And so I, I think it's, 
I mean, anyone who's listened to the show very long knows that I'm obsessed with good stories, right? And so this is telling a story of like conversion, right? Where from the beginning, he's like admitting that he's, he's broken. He meets God in a bar and says like, God, just fix me. He's like, I am, but I'm not done with you yet. And then verse two, he's saying it again, like fix my heart. And he's like, I am, but I'm not done with you yet. And then we see him just completely broken on the ground in his, his apartment or someone else's apartment, whatever. Like, I've got nothing else other than who I am and I give it to you and I'm not done with you yet. Um, and just admitting like he, he needs God. And this is kind of like what I was talking about before, I guess, where it took him to this point where he was completely broken to realize how, how broken he was and have that humility check in order to say, I've got nothing left. Like this, this is all you got. None, none of me, right? None of me is left. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and that kind of wraps up that. So I feel like this was just like deepening. It's like almost like a stage of like the first song was just straight brokenness and almost like this conversation of what do I do with this? And then this was him finally kind of taking it to prayer and God's like answering and like, yeah, I know that you're hurting and there's, I'm, I'm working on that up until the point where he finally reaches out and says, God, take this and that leads us into this last song and whether these are all states that you are in or states you know people are in this song for podcast sake i'm doing kind of from the perspective of god but as we go through it it could also just be a way for us to really understand how we are to respond to people in these situations as brothers and sisters in christ so it's called burden by foy vance it's a great just like rhythm and blues song and it goes like this uh says, let me carry your burden. If, th- if something's not right, I will let you know. Like the paint that's drying on a heart that's broke, let me carry your burden. Hmm. So first verse is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I, I do like the line, like the paint that's drying on a heart that's broke. And that kind of gives me the sense of either it was just mended and painted over or it wasn't mended and someone just painted over it to make it look like it was fine. Right. Um, so either way, it's this idea that the heart's broken, it's fresh, it's wounded, um, and this person's stepping in to help carry the load. Right. Yeah. I can't say it any better than that. Um, and then it kind of moves on and it says, get you back on a high when you're feeling low, when the weight's too heavy, but you won't let go. And well, that goes right before the, that's right before the chorus. That's kind of like the bridge. And I, I that, I like it because like one, we can easily feel low, but it's the second line that really always hits me. It's like when the weight's too heavy, but you won't let go. And I imagine like, I know it's probably just in general of like holding a weight, but I imagine like, imagine that situation in like water. If you had a Mm. weight weighing you down, but you're just too stubborn to let go of it, like to let someone else help you or for you just lose it or whatever almost like the last okay. song where like for two verses, he was like, God, help me. God, help me. God, help me. But it wasn't until the end where he's like, finally, God, take this. Exactly. Yeah. I was kind of thinking of, of like someone literally carrying a load. It's kind of like Jesus carrying his cross. Right. And then you have Simon come in, help him carry the cross. But from this perspective, I was thinking of like someone's carrying whatever. Let's, let's just say the cross. Right. And the person when Simon comes in and offers to help is like, no, I don't, 
want to let go of this burden and like is out of pride or whatever it is, or just sheer stubbornness is like rejecting assistance. And I mean, I think that's something everyone's guilty of at, at different points. Maybe it is out of, out of pride, but uh, yeah, I've, I've done some pretty fun like exercises with teens on that one. Um, yeah. We have this thing called the, the blind maze. That's a pretty big humility check for kids who think they can do everything <laughs> on their own. Um, if you're interested or you're in the ministry or something, let me know, uh, give us an email or shoot us a tweet or something and I'll, I'll share that with you, but it's a fun one. Yeah. And then that jumps right into the chorus where it says, come to me, my brother, and I will sit with you a while. Pretty soon I'll see you smile and I know you will. Oh, and you, sorry. And you know, you will, no matter how much you are hurting right now, you know that everything will change in time. So let me carry your burden. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this again is pretty straightforward, but it's this idea of man, this just sounds like what we're called to be in general. Yeah. Just, uh, this, um, I don't even want to say Christian, just this human being willing to, to sit there with you in your suffering, to show empathy, to, to walk with you on your journey. Um, the church yeah. has been, been using like the, the figure of, uh, Jesus, on the road to Emmaus a lot in, in our um, like writings and stuff. The Pope's been using that a lot. And just like this idea of accompanying someone on the journey, even if they're going the wrong way, right. In this, this idea of Emmaus, they were walking to Emmaus away from Jerusalem, away from Jesus. Um, and he walked with them until they realized who he was. Right. And so just being with that person, sitting with them in their suffering and, and being Christ to them in that. Yeah, and I think what I like about this chorus is it shows how and how easy it is to carry someone's burden. Like, I think this idea of, like, let me carry your burden sounds burdensome because of the word burden. <laughs> it's like, okay, if, they're, if I'm supposed to relieve them of it, now I'm picking up this thing. But it's like, it's as simple as sitting with someone long enough in something to where they're, you guys are laughing together. Until they smile, yeah. Yeah, because once they're laughing, they're not thinking about that thing anymore and the burden has been lifted. It's not a matter of like you actually being like, hey, I'll handle this for you. Or you just start doing a whole bunch of stuff for them and then you're burdened. It's just mm -hmm. taking time for people. That's it. Yeah. So it repeats that chorus over and over again with like small bridges in between. So the next one says, when your mouth's on fire, but your mind is cold and you're feigning flames that won't keep you warm. Social media. No, uh, so yeah, this, uh, when your mouth's on fire, you want to say something, right? You're trying to get your, all these words out, but your mind is cold. You're not thinking about what you're saying and you're fanning these flames. You're making, you're making issues. So that won't keep you warm. Obviously they're not real flames. Uh, so I think it's just pretty cool symbolism. Um, basically just saying you're about things that you're not thinking through and you're making problems bigger for yourself instead of just, like I said, in the, the last chorus, Instead of just being there, just sitting there and listening, you're making problems worse. That's what I'm getting from that. Yeah. No, totally. And as he says that, he repeats the chorus of just like, I'll sit with you and we, until you smile. Let me carry your burden. And then it says one other time, come tomorrow, you'll be right as rain. I'll quench your fire, wash away your stains. And um, like I said, if this was coming from God or whether it was us or someone else, it's just like this idea of sitting with someone and like letting a lot one he's saying like let me and so there's an idea of like 
someone can't really do that until you let them in. So if you let me come tomorrow, you'll be fine because you'll be smiling. You'll be laughing. That fire that you keep fanning that is not keeping you warm. It's, it's false. It's those vices. It's the drinks that are killing you or it's, it's, it's the, the arms that you'd rather rip off to, to feel someone's touch again. Let me get rid of that. And like, as I quench those fires, it'll wash away this dirt that maybe it's just like a little speck of dirt on, on, on you that you just keep looking at. Mm -hmm. And that's something that someone's told me before. It's like, uh, you know, he was talking about like God and us being like sharing a couch and we want to prepare it. And there's like a stain on the couch and that's like all we see. But God like grabs us and pulls us back and is like, but look at the other, like the rest of the couch. Like that stain is so small. And look it's like the cool. cup holders. <laughs> it's still, you can still sit on it. It's just because it's dirty. It's like such a small, like flip the cushion over. Wow. <laughs> Or yeah. even better, he just like wipes his hand over it. And exactly. It's gone. Yeah. So, and then it repeats the chorus one last time and then it goes to the outro where it says, I might, oh, I just might see it in another light. Got no dog here in the fight. I could carry your burden, oh brother of mine. Mm. Yeah. And this, this just seems to be saying like, this isn't my, uh, this isn't my fight to, to be a part of, but even though it's yours, like I want to help carry your burden. This reminds me of the whole Lord of the Rings, Sam quote, the, uh, uh, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Right. This is, this isn't my fight. This isn't my mission, but it's yours and I can help you through it. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from that. Yeah. I think the last thing I would say with that line too is I think something he's saying is because he doesn't have a dog in that fight or like, because he's not the one struggling he can put new light and new perspective to it because it, mm. like the first line is saying like, cause I can see it in a different light or maybe I'll see it in a different light because I'm not involved in it. And so I think sometimes we're dealing with something that we're going through. And because of that, we're stuck with like tunnel vision. Yeah. And like finally like being vulnerable and humble and talking to someone else with it, they can be like, <laughs> like once again, like cover up the stain on the couch and be like, look, it's fine. And you're like, Oh yeah. Why was I freaking out about this? Why was I? Yeah. This actually kind of reminds me of something you said. I, I want to say this was on air, but I think it was like right when you first joined us. Uh, I think you were talking about um, how sometimes you recognize that like you would defend Lizzie's position and then later realize that like there might, like it was very biased because you were hearing it from her uh, on different situations. Um, whereas in reality, you were only really defending her position because you loved her, right? And you didn't right. know whether or not it was true. Um, whereas from this, like you're seeing, okay, I'm not involved in the situation. I'm not obscured by, by bias or relationships or emotions or anger, whatever. Let me help you and see this from a different perspective. So just right. reiterate, reiterating what you just said, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tying it back to something you said like two years ago. Yeah. I do listen. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's it. The end. We made it. That was awesome. I, I was like looking at these at the beginning. I was like, how did he piece these together? But I, I think that's really cool. Uh, and I actually have a challenge for each of them. If you don't oh, have anything. Perfect. No, I mean, my, my challenge would probably be to like listen 
to them and like pray with them. Those are all songs, even before I did this podcast, that each individually I've used in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they are all individually powerful. So if you want to do them individually or do them in, in the, that order or one of those things we talked about stood out more, I would just, yeah, pray with them. But if you have something else, I would much like to hear it. Yeah. I mean, I had a lot of thoughts on these, but for the first one, that was uh, the only thing. Uh, I think that's what it's called, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, So the big takeaway for me on that one um, was like recognizing the things that are causing you to sin uh, or even like leading you to into a dark place and this idea of like tearing those out. Um, And so we've talked about this before, but it's been a while. And I think this is something that's really important in our faith is recognizing our temptations, recognizing uh, those near occasions of sin, not even just the sin itself, but the thing leads to that and cut that out, right? If we really long to return to, uh, to heaven uh, or to, to Christ um, and be with him in heaven, we need to cut out the sins. Um, and that's easier said than done. But I think that starts with recognizing those situations and dealing with them one at a time, um, which seems really, really daunting. Uh, believe me, I know I've been working on it for uh, 26 years, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's those baby steps, right? We, we look at the saints and they weren't exactly, well, some of them were, but it's not normal for them to go from like complete crazy sinner to a perfect saint within like a day, right? It takes time. Uh, it takes this change. Um, and then that actually kind of leads into the second song, which is not done with you yet. And this one really, really resonated with me because something that I've been talking, oh, not really talking about, but like thinking about in my own prayer and, and taking to, to prayer recently is this idea of, I always feel like I'm trying to, to do too much in mm-hmm. prayer, you know? And this is something that's been coming up with us still doing the post Exodus 90 stuff. Um, I just feel like shallow sometimes, you know, it's like, almost becomes prideful. Whereas like I'm doing these things, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Whereas I'm not letting God do what he needs to do. And so when we were going through the lyrics of this song, I definitely felt those verses where it's um, him recognizing he needs God and saying, Hey God, can you help me? It's like, I, I am, but I'm not done with you yet. I am not done with you yet. And then finally at the end, he just like lets God have everything. So this is something that I'm wrestling with and I, I don't know what this looks like, but give everything. And if you guys have this figured out, if you're some kind of spiritual guru, you can help me out. But like, what does it look like for us to not give up, but to give everything to God and not be doing, but like, let him do, how do we word this? Um, do, do you know what I'm saying? Like I, I can't get my words out. Um, sort of. I sort of. I, I know what you're saying about what you're struggling with, and I know what your challenge is. I don't know what you're trying to say right now, but it's actually really funny that you brought this up because I've been thinking and sitting with the same thing. Okay. Um, and I think it's just because of like during quarantine being out of prayer so for so long, like trying to pray again. It's like I just don't feel like I'm praying like I used to. And me and Lizzie had this conversation literally the other day where I hear her say all the time when she's on a phone call or something like I've been praying about this or I prayed with that. And this is what I came up with, but I don't like ever see her pray. So I was like, don't take this the wrong way. I'm just curious. Like, when do you pray? 
And, you know, she's like, usually if you're asleep, I'll get up early and pray. Or if I'm at the office, I'll be praying. But sometimes it's also just like, while I'm just doing other things, I'm just like sitting with something in my thought and I'm like praying with it while I'm doing something. And we had this conversation where like, for me, I might do that, but I don't really consider it prayer. Mm. But I don't think it's not prayer. I do think it's prayer. I think it's just, uh, I don't think I've been around a community who like lives and breathes in prayer. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And she was on like net and she like grew up in more of like a stronger like Catholic community. And so I think she, she, she is used to that. And there's this, I told her, I remember she was saying this, I was like, for me, it's like, I need 20 minutes or more of like contemplative prayer for me to consider it prayer. But the thing is, if, if I considered the other prayer, I would pray more. Hmm. And so I think for me, offering everything is just like being humble enough to, to really enter into that way of prayer. Yeah. Um, and, and my daily like life, just living each moment as a prayer. Um, and that's, I don't know if that helps with what you're saying or not. No, it does. Yeah. And I think that's actually helpful for, my, for myself. Excuse me. Um, but I think, I think also like what I'm trying to say is just like maybe in our prayer this week, instead of trying to do all these things, like if we look at the Exodus 90 thing, for example, like we have all these different ways we're supposed to pray. And maybe we just do the silence focused on, I guess that's what the contemplative prayer is. Um, but like, just literally sit there and just right. like say, God, like I'm, I'm here. This is me. And I'm just going to let you take whatever, whatever time you set aside. I'm not going to read scripture. I'm not going to listen to music. I'm not going to uh, like worship with, with like music. I'm just going to sit here and you do what you need to do. Um, and just like offer, offer that up. So that's, I think that's kind of what I was getting at too. Um, but I think what you're saying is definitely true. Cause if I viewed those things in my head as prayer, I totally would do it. it. I think it's the, still the idea of like, even though I know it's not true, the setting aside 20 minutes, right. just seems so burdensome, no pun intended for the next song. Um, but like, it just seems so daunting, I think. And so, yeah, I get that. So wh- whatever that looks like to you in prayer this week, give yourself over to Christ. And I know that's super vague. Um, and I didn't realize that until I started saying it, but uh <laughs> Uh, there's a couple suggestions that hopefully one of them is helpful. If not, it's a good thing we have like five challenges this week. Um, yeah. And then the, the last song, my challenge for you is to uh, call someone you love mm-hmm. uh, and just be there. Just listen to them, uh, see how they're doing and how they're like really actually doing. Um, so make sure this is someone who's like, who's actually going to talk to you, you know, not just a, Oh yeah. What's the weather like where you're at? No. Like when you ask them, how are you? And like, how, how are you? Make sure it's someone who's, who trusts you enough to have that conversation. Um, and just, just talk and to be there for them, see how they're doing. Things are crazy. Don't watch the news right now, or maybe watch the news. I don't care. But like, seriously, it's so stressful and just overwhelming, uh, everywhere. Um, I, I'm so happy we're like not doing social media now because it's terrifying the heck out of me. Um, but 
people need each other right now. We need to hear our, each other's stories. We need to know how we're doing. Um, and I think with all this going on combined with being stuck at home, I think that's really, really dangerous, dangerous for our, um, for our physical health, our spiritual health, our mental health. And I think we need to be there for each other as community. Yeah. Um, not physically, obviously, because we need to protect each other in that way. But if you can communicate with each other, the phone over zoom, we did this at the beginning of quarantine. I don't know why we stopped, but like, we need to support each other like that. Otherwise things are just going to get really, really bad. I think, well, even worse than they are. Um, so there's hope, um, but we, we need to be there for each other. We need to help carry that burden. I, I think that's a good way to have those conversations, have that phone call, have that zoom call, wh- whatever it is. Uh, just talk to people. That's yeah, what I have. I agree. I, I was actually going to add that last challenge in. So that's good. Otherwise, Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, Thank you guys for checking us out. Um, If you'd like to learn more about us, if you're just tuning in or if you're just like, I need more of this content, uh, you can check out our website at thechristinculture.com where we have blogs, we have all other episodes. We had a recent episode with our other co-host, Steve. Um, Steve. And... If you'd like to, there's also links to our social medias on there. We have Facebook, which is Facebook forward slash the Christ and culture. We have a Twitter, which is at on the adventure Two. Um, right now me and Clint are kind of not on social media, but we will reach out to you. If you guys reach out to us, um, whatever you, wherever listen to us, if you could rate us, like give us like five stars and let us know how we're doing. You can also use those, all those platforms to suggest topics. Um, so that when something like this, we're not planned, we can kind of pick your topic and do it for you. Um, and even just if you would want to say, Hey, or in a time like this, listen to this episode, if, if you're in a place where you need someone to just listen and carry your burden, I know we're kind of strangers, but you can reach out to us in that way. And, you know, we'd love to communicate with you. So for sure. is that it? Uh, yeah. One thing I will say with the like suggestions of, of podcasts, um, part of the reason why I didn't have anything prepped for today is I decided to take on like three really big episodes all at the same time. Um, yeah. so yeah. I, I have big ones coming and I think they're going to be awesome. Uh, one of them is the avatar, the last airbender series, but because it's so awesome and so jammed packed with so much stuff, I, I'm still in season one and I have like 15 pages of notes. Like it's ridiculous, um, how much stuff. So it's like, I'm trying to condense all of it, um, but I'm super excited for that. It's going to be an awesome episode or five, however many it turns into. Um, but yeah, so there's really, really good stuff coming. We want to hear more from you guys. We love your suggestions and it helps us find really cool stuff because we're only three people and can't watch everything as much as nope. we try sometimes. Um, so we love to hear from you guys. We appreciate you. We're praying for you and we hope that uh, you're making it through everything that's going on uh, safely and and, uh, everything is, is going well with you and your relationship with God and your family. So I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you guys. Uh, We will see you next week. See you.